0: Hello, welcome to the final episode of season two of Rough Draft. Today, Delaney and I are just gonna talk and catch up and share um, a few experiences that we've had first or secondhand this week. And um, it's almost spooky season, so it's time to start talking about haunted houses again it's my favorite next week um we'll be putting out our first episode of season three it's an incredible story told by my new friend Gia so I recorded with her a couple weeks ago um and the way that we connected and how we wound up even talking about her story in the first place was such a unique experience and um we're going to talk a lot going forward about those kinds of like moments where everything changes and what she likes to call like divine appointments or you know the way that I really firmly believe coincidence is maybe not coincidence at all We are so thankful that you have been on this journey with us this far. We're really, really excited about season three. Um, We want to hear your stories. I really am excited to start sharing this experience with as many of you as I can. As always, I'm Melissa Marsh, and this is Rough Draft.
1: Hello. Hi.
0: (laughs) How are you?
1: Good. Good. <laughs> it's been a while.
0: It has been a while.
1: <laughs>
0: Holy moly! Yeah.
1: So we've had some issues today already.
0: <laughs> uh oh.
1: No, I mean you. yes.
0: Uh, that's every day.
1: <laughs> right, yes, but every day. But you are quietly adjusting to. <sighs> I
0: hate teacher, virtual school.
1: Teaching a child through virtual learning
0: well the problem isn't even like teaching her it's that like she is almost nine and feels like grown and super independent so she doesn't really want my help
1: so oh. <laughs>
0: then when I'm, like, asking her, like, oh, did you do this thing? Did you do – yeah, no kidding. Did you do this thing? Did you do that assignment? Are you paying attention? Why aren't you answering questions? Your teacher can see you making that face. And then she goes, I turned my camera off. And I was, like, this is not college. Turn it back on. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> the other day she said, oh, I'm chatting my friend Alyssa on the side. Uh, we're making plans to get together. And I was, like, no. Turn it off. And she was, like, why? I'm still paying attention. I said, would you be allowed to talk in class if your teacher was talking? Right. She was like, no. I like, think that's why.
1: It's virtual passing of notes. <laughs> oh, my
0: gosh. Already. She's only in third grade. I was not passing notes in third grade.
1: <clears throat>
0: Maybe fifth grade. Maybe. I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> and her teacher is so wonderful. Like I have heard parents say a lot of really disrespectful thing, things about teachers and, you know, they're really dissatisfied with the way that this is going. And I'm also dissatisfied, but like, it's not because of the teachers. Like it's just hard.
1: Right. But the I mean, teachers that's... are
0: wonderful and her teacher is so, she's so good. And she said that she had given them a, an assignment yesterday and I was listening today and she said, you know, I was really frustrated a little bit, guys, yesterday because, you know, I had everyone, like I was sharing my screen and I was asking you all to walk through the steps with me and nobody knew how to do the assignment at the end and everybody's parents were messaging me because nobody actually was following along when we were screen sharing. Hmm. And she goes. If we were in school, I still like I wouldn't do it for you there either. I Sweet. want you guys to be independent. You're third graders, and I was like, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: so you got that's tough. Yeah, I mean, just trying to raise a child with this can you know, yep. hurdle yep these days.
0: It's a lot, and you know everybody is stressed and tired and I don't know mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot I feel so much more tired since school started and I I'm not even really like playing a huge role it's just one more thing that's constantly going in the back of my mind from like 8 a.m to 3 p.m and her school day is from 8 a.m to 3 p.m so it's like seven right. hours that she's still just in front of the computer essentially
1: mm-hmm.
0: she does get a break it- for like lunch or whatever but I don't know. It's just a long day.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's... I mean, that sucks, too, because, like, you were going to be... You're one of those parents who wanted to limit her screen time. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And, you know, I give her a lot more screen time now that she's older. Right. In terms of, you know, if your chores are done and the weather is crappy or, like, whatever. I don't care if you watch TV for a little bit. I don't care if you watch... even we've actually really cut back on YouTube because she gets such an attitude. Like I, Mm -hmm. and like the stuff I know what she's watching. It's not like the stuff she's watching is terrible, but I've really, I notice an attitude with YouTube and I don't know if it's because like some of, she watches a lot of like toy videos. Right. And I don't know, like I'm just not a fan of like the attitudes of most of those kids. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's that, I don't know, but we've really cut that back but now it's like you know she wants to watch tv or she wants to do something like play her switch i'm like you've been on the screen for seven hours i don't oh man
1: right it's a lot no i understand
0: we'll make it work one way or the other i mean that's the only choice we have right now my only other option would be to homeschool her which i have considered like doing a virtual like a an online school like where she's still in class, but it takes less time because, you know, they're still structuring this like regular elementary school. So half of her work independent is busy work. And the other half of the time, the teachers are like coaching other kids how to use zoom and how to use their Google classrooms. And so she's sitting there a lot of this school day doing nothing. Right. So I don't know. We've thought about that. I hate to take her out of the environment that she's in because I do like it. I do like her teachers and I think it's really good for her. But Mm -hmm. if she could get the same amount of knowledge in two hours a day instead of seven, like there's definitely some perks to that. Right. We're working it out. (laughs) Hmm. Just try to make it through the first two weeks and see where we are. I just said to her before I walked out of the room to like come record, I said, okay, well, you have asynchronous work now, which means you're working by yourself. I said, I need you to make sure that you do exactly what your teacher said and look at your assignments like you're supposed to. She goes, Mm -hmm. okay, I will. I said, I'm going to check. And she just gave me this look like, oh, shit. (laughs) Mm. Uh, We'll see.
1: That's so funny.
0: How are things with you now that the season is, I mean, not done done, but technically done?
1: Technically, mm, I mean, (laughs) I went over numbers, and we decided to close each restaurant down one day a week yeah. alternating so like we alternated so Tuckets will be closed Mondays and Shane's closed Tuesdays that way we can still kind of not eat each other's lunch on the two slowest days of the week yeah but also allow everyone to keep working yeah because I mean honestly if it, it, if it were really up to me like we wouldn't have opened.
0: <laughs> yeah I know I know
1: <laughs> and that's always the thing I'm struggling with. And now, like, we're still not getting all the locals back because there's still a lot of people who will not eat in restaurants. Right. So we've kind of gone o- over and forth, and we're just like, should we close earlier than Columbus Day for two days? Um, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's just like, well, we could. <laughs> but- I mean
0: – I, it's just so tough. I'm still one of those people like I'm not eating at restaurants like I'll do takeout still, but you yeah. know, I just I have been following the CDC oh. <laughs> right like you know, and I also know for me, I have fibro, so this transition from summer to fall is like physically the worst for me. Fall is a fine season for my body and summer is the best season for my body. And winter is like hell. But for some reason, the transition from summer to fall, like the weather back and forth and the barometric pressure back and forth, my allergies are the worst this time of year. And like, I just have more fibro symptoms this time of year than like really any other time. Like I'm achy, I'm stiff, I'm run down, I'm tired. Like I just feel so crappy that. I'm like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna risk COVID now. Of all right. of the times, now's not the time for me to get it.
1: My um my synesthesia is just like off the chains right now.
0: <laughs> I imagine that is seasonally affected for you.
1: It's it's both seasonally affected and like stress related yeah, oh, yeah. and and um there are a lot of factors that i can focus on or can't focus on and like this time of year i'm really sensitive to temperature changes i'm really sensitive to light um yep (laughs) same yeah uh it's music is like what i'm wanting to listen to is all over the charts right now it's in um what I want to eat is all over the charts. I find that so like, relatable,
0: all of it. Like, all for different reasons, but, like, entirely. I'm really, like, the transition of seasons is so – it's so much mm-hmm. for all of those reasons. Stress affects fibro, too, but, like, I don't know. This week I was like, I'm going to start getting up because – I'm waking up earlier. That's also just what happens this time of year. I'm like, I'm going to mm-hmm. start getting up and going for a walk. For some reason, the last two days when I've like decided to do that, both Tyler and Bella are like, we're up too and we want to go too, which is <laughs> like super nice. And I love that time. But this morning I was like, we're going to need to figure out a way to do a family walk in the evening because I need the quiet of the morning or I'm going to be right. cranky. And because I need <laughs> like, I need to get my brain aligned when I wake up in pain from fibro. If I don't take at least 10 minutes to like work that out mentally, because I have a lot of resentment about like waking up Mm. from what should be restful and feeling crappy and then being frustrated and then having to go like, okay, well, I have to figure out like what I can spend my spoons on today because I have three buckets of laundry to fold, but also I have to do dishes, but also I, mm, I need that time. Mm. I need like 10 minutes in this morning. We're talking. On the walk about, um, Tyler and I are watching X Files like from the beginning. We're in yeah, season six. You're still
1: doing it. The- We're oh, still doing it. Nice. So yeah.
0: I we watched it last night. We watched it every night, like at bedtime. But I usually fall asleep. But I've seen most of the episodes, so it's okay. But he was like filling me in on the episode from last night, and after like ten minutes, I was like, I can't focus. Mm-hmm. And that's it's weird because I'm usually not the one who says like I can't focus in my house
1: yeah they both have
0: adhd like i'm usually the one who is hyper focused i
1: i haven't watched i know this is weird for me but i haven't watched like i haven't finished a full series or anything since june like since everything kind of went off because i've just been working so much yeah the only the only thing i have finished is umbrella academy i haven't season
0: watched two. season two yet and i i told tyler the other day i said listen i had committed to like waiting for you to watch this but i'm i'm not going to for much longer so we need to like work it in to our schedule right. because i need to watch it it has it a lot a- of significance to me period <laughs> like if you want to watch it with me we're gonna figure it out otherwise i'm gonna watch it without you and then i'll rewatch it with you but i'm gonna watch it <laughs>
1: Yeah, and it is, like, it's better than it sets up the third season really nicely. I'm like, so excited. Yeah, and it's it's similar to the second graphic novel, but they take some story beats in a different direction, and I like that a lot. Also, they kind of push... they they kind of turn it more into an extended universe type thing. Ooh. Like, did you watch Dexter? I didn't. Okay. I'm like one of the so, few people
0: on the earth that didn't.
1: So, Dexter first book, Dexter first season is basically the same. Except for like the ending where they they change up they basically change up who gets killed and who doesn't. Okay. And, and so but like from then on, book two and season two are completely different. Like, it's these two branches of the same thing. And you're just like, when you're reading the books, you're like, oh, that's cool. And then you, you read about these characters and you're like, they're on the show, but they're not really there. And they don't have as much as a um, stake. So it's kind of interesting to see, like, certain showrunners go different ways. Yeah. Because I know Gerard Way is writing the third book, but also he's, like, helping produce and showrun the show. So he's like, these are still going to be my stories, but we're going to take it in a completely new direction. Because I think Gerard Way and this showrunner, they're like, yeah, we got enough material for six seasons. I'm like, Jesus. (laughs) Wow.
0: And I (laughs) Mm -hmm. think, I don't know, I think that that's cool. I think that when there are changes, having someone who wrote the original be involved in those changes is kind of cool too as a mm-hmm. writer i really and also as like a person obsessed with gerard way like you know whatever right. it's fine yeah. oh yeah i totally want anything fine. he creates all of it any of it thank you mm-hmm.
1: yes i mean still
0: and forever it will never change
1: it's not gonna change at all
0: emo forever i don't care
1: <laughs>
0: i don't care what i look like on the outside it's still emo forever
1: it's not a phase, mom.
0: <laughs> I didn't grow into uh-uh. it. I'm not gonna grow out of it. This is just who I am. Right. <laughs> um speaking of shows, it is well, today is a little bit muggy, but it's been chilly the last couple of days. And I'm finally accepting that like summer is ending. And I love fall. Fall is probably actually my favorite season, but I just wasn't ready to let go of summer this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, that cool weather for one second. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready for scary things. I'm ready for Halloween. I'm ready for October. (laughs) I'm ready for pumpkin. I want it all. Now, um, I started watching a new show. The show is not new, but it's new to me. Uh, Castle Rock. Oh, yeah. So I I love Stephen King.
1: (laughs) all right, Stephen King, (laughs) super fan. Like, what do you mean you haven't just started watching it? So
0: I love Stephen King, but I don't love movies usually based on Stephen King novels because Mm -hmm. most of the work that he's done that's been, like, turned into a movie is his really, really gruesome, grotesque horror stuff that I don't want to say the Mm -hmm. storyline isn't as strong, but, like, I just never got into it. So I haven't read like Pet Cemetery, and I haven't read it and Cujo and you know I just I'm not super interested Mm
1: -hmm. and I
0: haven't seen most of the movies either but I'm a Dark Tower fan right I love The Talisman might be my favorite book um it might be my favorite book I've ever read which is like a really big deal but I don't know I just keep going back to it going I just it just means a lot to me And then I loved the show Haven, even though it was super cheesy. And that was based on his short story, The Colorado Kid.
1: That's funny. Um,
0: But as far as like stuff that is related to his characters or his universe that's on screen, I just hardly ever watch it. But I was looking for something to watch on Hulu because I had just watched another show that Hulu suggested to me and it only had one season. And, you know, I binge watched it while I'm working. Right. So I started watching it and I, I was hooked immediately. So now I'm like, how did I let this go for so long? Now I need to read the books. Like now I'm obsessed with it.
1: Did you watch um Eleven Twenty Three? Uh uh. That that's good. I think that's a good interpretation of one of his novels. It's
0: um it's on my list actually, because the feedback was good on it too.
1: hmm You know And it's only eight episodes. Yeah. And I think you can pound through that in like a day or two.
0: Yeah. So I might I might do that next, but I'm really I'm loving it, and it's creepy and weird. And now I want now it's getting into like reading season for me. This is uh, the time of year where I can like read at night because mm-hmm. it's dark early. Then I I actually you know I'm going to bed instead of at midnight like at ten, and then I'm getting up at six or seven.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, uh, so I yeah, i just, <laughs> just want to read. Everything. I'm
1: a I'm a Two to seven, boy, (laughs) of sleep.
0: Well, I don't ever sleep through the night. Mm -hmm. Ever. So if we go to bed at, like, last night we were in bed by midnight, or by 11, and I was up for probably an hour and a half after that, and then I was up two more times in the middle of the night, like, up, up. Like, I don't just, Mm -hmm. like, kind of, I'm up. (laughs) And then I was up at 6.30. So pretty standard. Mm -hmm. It's just how it goes. I don't know. But now I just want all the books.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean um when I've been running errands, like I had to run to I had to go to Georgetown and stuff. Mm -hmm. I my audible account is like, hey, you should be listening to stuff. And I'm starting to catch up on things. I downloaded uh The Sandman by Gaiman. Uh huh. And it's really good. Like, are you listening to it? Yeah, that's
0: on my list for the fall, because I've never read it, but I've always wanted to. And he's one of my favorite writers ever. And it's always been super highly recommended to me. But I just never, I just never made the time for it. And I made a point to look it up on my Audible yesterday. mm -hmm. um, Because I need something new to listen to also.
1: the production value, just by the sound, is wonderful.
0: I'm so excited. Like,
1: it, it's really well put together, and I think it really conveys the story. Because you know how Neil Gaiman novels can kind of get, A, a little wordy and esoteric?
0: Yeah, but I love that. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I love that about but him. Like,
0: but yeah, yes.
1: It, it builds a world a little bit better than what I think people's imagination kind of run with. Yeah. Yeah. Is like, he... Through-
0: is he narrating that one?
1: He is. He narrates, he narrates, like narrates it.
0: all of his work.
1: Yes. But um, when characters are talking, it's different actors, too. So.
0: Oh, that's cool. See, yeah, I think I'm going to do that like, next. I just downloaded Untamed by Glennon Doyle because everyone's been telling me for five years or however long it's been out to read it. And I haven't done mm-hmm. that either. So that's like, that's the morning walk book now my alone time but then i i need good fiction so i think that's going to be next i listened to for the second or third time um the ocean at the end of the lane his
1: oh nice
0: one of his more recent ones i love that book so much for valentine's day tyler managed to find me an autographed copy wow so i have a very small collection of books that are um priceless to me and it's (laughs) so far two books uh the copy of the Martian Chronicles that you gave to me and that book.
1: Yeah. Because I just, still have that. Yes! Oh my God.
0: It's in plastic. That's true. I love I, that. I mean, those are like my top two writers. Mm. I don't have any like copies of anything by Stephen King that the copy is cool or unique. Yeah. But yeah. Oh yeah. That's mm. like one of my favorite collections of short stories ever. And I think that, probably I want to say it's probably one of the most influential works in terms of like my writing because people are really anti-short stories in terms of like the market and publishing well they Mm -hmm. were until kind of recently and that like most of his works are collections of short stories
1: see I I call shenanigans on that because a lot of my favorite writers have at least one collection of short
0: right but it's just I think I think when people say that to like students of creative writing or Mm
1: -hmm. like with
0: that broad stroke of like, Oh, well in publishing, it's because it's very hard to write a collection of short stories that people want to read the whole thing. Right. And then, and then want to recommend Mm -hmm. to their friends, you know, so in terms of like sales and stuff, but it's getting super popular again. Like Karen Russell has, I think it was last year, the book that she put out that was all short stories and her other collection before that. And she's very like, contemporary and successful right now. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. But that's that's the kind of writing that I really want to do. Anyway, like yeah. the most.
1: I mean, Vonnegut has one. Uh, Palalnik has one. Uh, Klosterman has one. Um...
0: Weren't Vonnegut's and... Polonics both, like, after their more full-length novels, though? Um. I always say that it. it's easier to get published with something less traditional once you have, like, some sort of name for yourself.
1: Yeah, because Welcome to the Monkey House, I think Vonnegut I think that's, like, book, like, quote-unquote, book like, six of his. Yeah. Because he wrote, like, Siren of the Titan and Slaughterhouse-Five first. Yeah. There, there was, and the same thing with Polonic. Polonic's like... His short stories were, like... It was after Haunted,
0: maybe? Yeah.
1: So, yeah. That's about five or six books. But also, like... Dorothy Parker. I mean... True. But her, hers... She was just all over the place. Because she wrote poetry. And... Um short stories and plays she did everything
0: that's so hard in terms of publishing like Mm -hmm. if i because i write it's not typical to write across that many genres and like i write mostly poetry and fiction specifically Mm -hmm. short fiction but i also write creative nonfiction, and i've written for stage so like i have interest across the board but publishing across the board is so hard right so hard
1: well i mean and there are things like Mamet. Mamet is an amazing playwright. He's not a really good screenwriter. Right. I mean, he can write for one room. He's not really good at writing for a whole series. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. That's why I like Albie so much because a lot of it a lot of his plays are just Normally, just one situation, yeah, and it's normally like one room, <laughs> and the even if it's the because Albie is such a such an absurdist, but he conveys like these moral questions and just kind of flips society on edge. I really love his style of writing, like cause, because because. I love theater of the absurd. That's why um, Waiting for Gatto and Samuel Beckett are like keys in my ideals. Yeah, yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because it's that whole play is just chaos, <laughs> and it's just two guys talking for about ninety minutes until the one, the other two show up and then leave it's But it's just two guys rambling, and obviously the play is about a question of religion, right because whenever he says you pronounce it, it's Godo, it's not Godot <laughs> like gal Godot, it's Godo because you're waiting for god right and it's always a question, is God ever going to come to you? <sighs>
0: i mean yeah cool question i know we've had a, and... a an interesting week over here oh in in terms of that
1: yes oh it <laughs> is is this a is this a spiritual thing
0: actually it's like the complete opposite
1: oh okay
0: so... oh man so my sister is getting divorced mm. and um, it, Fascinating. It's, a, it's a difficult process, obviously.
1: Yeah, um, it is. She has two kids. Yes.
0: And, you know, she and her soon to be ex-husband are both really committed to parenting these kids and... Um, mm-hmm. I would wager that they are probably getting along better now than they have in years. And I can relate to that because it was very similar with Mike and I. You know, mm-hmm. She and I got married um, three weeks apart huh? in the same year. And she's three years younger than me almost. She's two and a half years younger than me. So I've said publicly, privately to Mike and to anyone else, like one of the biggest issues I think that Mike and I faced in our relationship was that we got married really young Mm -hmm. and that's not always like a problem, but the problem becomes when you get married young and then you do the work to grow and learn and learn about yourself Mm -hmm. and form a life and form, you know, opinions. And especially, you know, some of the stuff that you and I've talked about in terms of like figuring out who you are spiritually, figuring out how to heal trauma, figuring out how to cope with, you know, like just having, um, a sense of self right. and awareness and things like that when only one person is really gaining ground there mm-hmm. um, or that the pacing of that learning is not matched it can be really really devastating right and and you know <laughs> it's just it's really hard so like getting married at 21 she was 21
1: you yeah. know Mike and
0: I I think we're 23 um Mm -hmm. and then going through you know life after that and not changing in the same ways is a challenge in its own right but then also like she was very religious at the time and Mm -hmm. um i don't want to say that she's not now like just hopefully for anyone At any point, the older you get, and the more that you are on your own journey, the more you change. Uh Um, So this has been a difficult process for her, obviously, and
1: as as is any loss of love, absolutely, it's 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 It's
0: difficult. It is difficult. So separate from all of the regular difficulties of you know separating, figuring out what that's going to look like, figuring out what that's going to be like for your children, having a concern for your children and their welfare, knowing that peace is better than chaos, but that like whichever way you decide, the odds are there's going to be, you know, some lasting effects and yeah whatever. So that's, that's hard. Like it was very hard for me to leave Mike because I didn't want to do that to Bella. Even though, like, staying and we were fighting constantly and we were just not compatible was also not good for Bella. Right. You know. So the decisions are hard, and anybody who's been through it, I'm sure, can relate, whether there are kids involved or not.
1: Right. Like that was my whole thing. Like after divorce, like, well, we we don't have kids, we don't have a pet, we don't have all we have is a house. Yep. And. We just kind of separated by what we thought was fair. Like, that was... And then it was really... I'm not saying it's like a clean cut. (laughs) Like, there there were stuff that was gotten in the way. Right. I equate the six months after my brother died was, was to, like, I'm a ghost living in my own house. Yeah. Type thing.
0: Yeah.
1: And, um... And the other thing is, like, at the age of 27, when we talk about, like, spirituality and things like that, and at the age of 27, I was married and I thought I knew everything. Yep. At the age of 30, I know nothing. Correct. But that's okay. Correct. <laughs> because when you realize you know nothing, you can learn everything.
0: Correct. And, like, everybody comes to that at a different time. Right. Like, the the place where you go, I know everything, and then the place where you go, I really didn't. Like... It's Because I've heard people say, like, you can't know until you're 30. You can't know until you're 50. You don't know. It just comes when it comes. And it usually comes after you get hit in the face with something. And right. So, when, you,
1: when, you, when you live through tragedy. Right. And... Of any kind. Mm-hmm. And so,
0: you know, it's, it's difficult. And so that process on its own is challenging, okay? And it's mm-hmm. personal. And it's private. But yeah, when you change your name on Facebook... It becomes less private. Right. And, you know, (laughs) just the funniest things happen. You know, (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I left the church a while ago. We've Mm -hmm. talked about this. There are a lot of reasons why, and none of it has anything to do with my belief, really. Like...
1: It did not come. It's it's the people. It's the people.
0: And I've said before, like really blatantly, I think that modern evangelical Christianity in most circumstances is completely toxic. And
1: It's it's super poisonous.
0: And here's why. Because then you wind up making life choices that have been, you know, difficult, but have taken you years to decide. And at great emotional expense. On
1: uh-huh.
0: on your part and the part of your partner to then, when you finally change your Facebook status, receive a message from a barely-involved-in-your-life in-law mm-hmm. accusing you of seeking ungodly counsel, and that's why you're making the disastrous mistake that is going to ruin the lives of your children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At like 10 p.m.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I I remember. Well, I wouldn't even say like someone who's not in my life. Like this, my family did stuff like that to me. Like when when we told them we were getting divorced, like they they called us cowards. Like my parents called wow. us cowards. Yeah.
0: I did not know that.
1: Yeah, they're they're like, "Why don't you go to therapy?" like all this stuff and we're like, "We've been in therapy for like <laughs> 6 months."
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and you know... a lot of it is a lot of issues came from my family and they just didn't like her. And it sucked because we also worked together.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So like,
0: you're a coward for not sticking it out, but we're not going to make it easy on you to stick it out.
1: Right. Just we so just, you know. Right. Like we, it was us against everybody. And what a terrible was, place to be. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't just like family; it was like coworkers. It was. It was. It was a lot. And yeah. I, I will say, like, it. A lot of it was the situation we were in of what this, I mean, this industry is, is just tough. But at the same time, like if you're really good at it, which I am, you can stick it out. And I've felt like I can do anything anywhere in the restaurant industry now, except maybe, except maybe be a head chef. I need some knife work, but other, (laughs) other than that, right. Other than that, like, you you throw me anywhere in a kitchen or a restaurant, I can do it.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: and that's a that's a thing where I mean, doing theater, I I learned everything. I learned how to do lights. I learned how to do set. I learned how to direct. I learned how to paint best as possible. <laughs>
0: <laughs> as good I, as I can.
1: I I took dance. I did right. <laughs> I. I learned did vocals I did, I, I did everything po- I learned I wrote a play like I wrote I wrote stuff that could be used as either poetry or more parts of a play or it I did the work So learned everything it's jack of all trades master of none type thing like yesterday In the span of a day, I did the banks, I fixed the sink, (laughs) I bartended for 120 people (laughs) at service bar, Um, signed checks, did the schedule, uh, and I also, I worked out for the first time in like (laughs) two weeks, which is crazy (laughs) because I actually had had time in the morning to work out. It It was nuts. And then it was a crazy day. And then I, and this is all off of three hours and 50 minutes of sleep. Yep.
0: Sounds about right. <laughs> now, it's funny to me. So, like, you have made a point that is so relevant here, separate from, like, one, obviously, like, you are able to learn things mm-hmm. quickly and effectively. And it's Mm -hmm. funny that, like, people who know you or know that about you still find it inside of them to say, like, well, there's got to be something else you can do. You just must be too stupid or too afraid to figure out how to save your marriage. Mm -hmm. But also, like, you're a person who puts in the work. Right. If if that is true. I know I do. (laughs) Like, if that is true, only a couple other things can then be true. For why a relationship doesn't work for someone like I'm the same way I put in the work, I am not a right. grudge holder. I am not a psycho. Like, do I have expectations? Yes. Do I have boundaries? Yes. Absolutely. But I'm mm-hmm. a person who puts in the work. I'm a person who also always wants to change and be better. I'm a person who like can forgive pretty easily. If the person I'm forgiving is also putting in the work.
1: Right. You know, I've I've never
0: been in a relationship that was perfect because I'm not perfect and I don't expect my partner to be perfect. Tyler is not perfect. Surprise. Like, neither am I. You know, we put in a lot of work to have a relationship that makes us happy. So when that is true, and then a relationship Mm -hmm. fails, like when my marriage is falling apart. I never heard a word from Mike's family, which is the complete opposite of what I know other people experience, you know.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But... Yeah, like, I
1: I didn't hear from Laura's family.
0: Oh yeah, they didn't they didn't reach out to me at all, which is completely fine. You know, yeah. I also feel like in that situation, Fair. it was maybe their responsibility to reach out to him instead of me. <laughs> and yes. maybe deal with him instead <laughs> of me, like
1: That is correct.
0: <laughs> and I said the same thing to my sister, like, you know, his family should be reaching out to him instead of you. Right. They should raise their concerns with him instead of you. At this point, at this point, At least he should be the first person that they're going to. But regardless, so like if these people know you, know me, know her and say like, oh, well, this is a person, a woman, a man who puts in the work in all of these other areas. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it be safe to assume (laughs) that we had put in the work to a relationship that meant enough to us to get married in the first place? Correct. I'm just throwing that out there.
1: Yeah. And it's you know, a weird I, concept.
0: I would never speak for you for how you feel about Laura now or like how I feel about Mike now is my business. But like the reality mm-hmm. is like, I don't think that knowing you that you hate her. So if that no, is true, too, I don't. Right. Exactly. So if that is also true and like, I don't hate Mike, like that should suggest that like we, we said we've done the work. Yeah. I've done as much work as I can do, and I can no longer sustain like this, but it's I'm not gonna hate you. I just recognize like our inability to partner
1: yes, which is can't
0: can't that just be good enough for everyone?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Why is it anyone's business? Where were you intervening when like he maybe needed someone to tell him to put in the work in a different way right. <laughs> Or sometimes you get married when you're a baby and you don't know any better and you don't know what you're going to need in 15 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows?
1: Yeah, and now at the ripe old age of 34, I it's like right. I know, I know what I need in a relationship. I know what I can contribute to a relationship. I hope my partner also puts in the work. The work. Yep. And you just hope for a better balance of lifestyle exactly i mean this this lifestyle is not balanced but at the same time like if i was in a relationship i would make balance work somehow
0: right well and okay so let's not forget we've talked about this before like it's easy when you're young to be like well i'm in love with you so let's just get married Mm -hmm. that is not enough To have a whole life with another person. Like, I'm sorry if that ruins your, like, hallmark expectation. But that's not enough all the time. I'm not saying that it's not important. It's important, you know, but it's not always enough. (laughs) You know, like, compatibility is also important. But, like, you being able to say, I know what I can put into a relationship. And I know what I need in a partner. I know now, like, I could not be with someone who couldn't articulate that to me. Like, not only what they need, but what they can give without saying, well, what do you expect from me? And yes, I'll just do those things because that's not the same either. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You know? And so then you have these people who, whether in or out of the church, get married, young, and then there's all this pressure. And then they decide like, I can't live in a pressure cooker anymore. It's not healthy for me. It's not healthy for my partner. We're not partners. And then out of the woodwork comes Christ's Avengers. I don't know. Like (laughs) and all of a sudden like for being the healthiest you've been in your life you're going to hell yes I'm sorry I just can't I can't believe it (laughs) I can't accept it
1: I'm not going to accept this at all
0: I uh, I, don't know, like, how to identify what I believe in by, like, a name. I don't think it's that important. But even if it is the God of the Christian Bible, I still don't believe what you're saying. Like, I, right. even if, like, all of the things you say in your Christianity about God are true, then what you're telling me cannot also be true. Period.
1: Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. like,
0: scientific. <laughs> like, both things cannot be true.
1: It no, it's it's doublespeak. It's 1984. Right. <laughs> and that's that, that yes. is a current happening both in the church these days and in and, politics. And in politics.
0: <laughs> listen, listen, if I were still a Christian, I would be really scared right now. Because like mm-hmm. one of the biggest things in evangelical christianity is like preparation for the end times which has (laughs) always been a thing like this is not like a contemporary thing it's been a concern of evangelical christians since like the 60s and 70s and i'm sure even before that like terrifying (laughs) 1700s like people are always worried about like the antichrist you know and Mm -hmm. like there's a whole study of the end times and like the book of revelation and whatever, like in evangelical right. Christianity. And it's like one of the number one, most important ways that they teach why it's so important to live the way that you live and to convert as many people as you can, etc. And, okay. but one of the things that is so clearly harped on is like, when this happens, so many Christians will not notice they will be like the Pharisees and they will follow the wrong like leader and they will follow the Antichrist and they will mm-hmm. think that they're doing the right thing and blah, blah, blah. And I'm looking around right now going like, hey, um, guys, did anyone actually do the homework? <laughs>
1: did anyone read the book?
0: <laughs> it, it is almost enough for me to go like, wait a minute. Am I a Christian again? Because I've I'm seeing this happen in real time. And now I'm mm-hmm. but like, you know, when I'm just being like totally so blasphemous, but
1: I <laughs>
0: but look around. But the, yeah. the thing about it that's so infuriating is like these people who preach to me your Christians around you look around you like they're not going to know. They're not going to recognize what they're doing. God is going to harden their hearts to the truth. That was the that was the word. That was the word regularly. And now I'm going like, these same people are literally, literally like mm-hmm. in the most public version of an Alanis Morissette song I've ever seen. <laughs> the irony is just so
1: I, thick. It's thick. These I I <laughs> always, we, These fucking red hats need to <laughs> they need to be taught what cognitive dissonance is.
0: <laughs> I okay. I
1: and I don't think they, they got to that far in eighth grade English.
0: <laughs> listen, dude, I'm the one in the friend group all the time. And now, like, this is just my whole friend group is people like us who I go, no, I could believe that that could happen. Aliens, sure, I could believe that that could happen. Supernatural, sure, I believe that that could happen. Like, I'm always mm-hmm. the one willing to entertain the idea of, like, a conspiracy theory to some extent, at least listen to it and go, like... I believe that that could happen or here's why I don't think that that could happen or here, you know, and for so much of my life, I've always been the one that people are like, that's a kind of extreme way of being, (laughs) you know, like, no, like the government would never poison our food. No, the government would never like allow us to eat something that wasn't healthy. No, like factory (laughs) farming is totally fine. No, like GMOs are totally good. No. And now those same people who are like also like nationalists, suddenly
1: oh god like,
0: they they love love america and suddenly hate the government entirely but also yes. like don't hate the government entirely but also don't try. it's like the government is two entities and they talk about it in two ways they're like uh covet is fake from the government
1: <laughs> Also,
0: like the government is just trying to protect us from terrorists
1: yeah it's like well you can't have both
0: (laughs) i keep like listening and going like i don't understand how one person is saying these two things separately and is not seeing the problem
1: yeah because you're they're not informed (laughs) at at all on anything because they understand they read their they read their facebook feeds
0: (laughs) i just don't like okay the new I've, one I've the been new thing i've
1: actively trying to delete my facebook but i can't i because i need to run it for the restaurant
0: i know i'm spent i spend very little time on my facebook feed in general mm-hmm. like i get on i check my notifications i have a couple of groups that i am active in for like freelance work and stuff or photography work and i usually like check in there and like if there's something good i take away but i don't i don't engage mm-hmm. much i don't I just don't. And then sometimes I'll post stuff just on my page. Like anybody mm-hmm. want to be on the podcast? Do I know any contractors? Like things like that. And then I'll check the notifications for that. Otherwise I have a really hard time with Facebook. I prefer other forms of social media um, mm-hmm. because Facebook makes me just completely batch it, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: there's a new thing that I'm sure has been trending for like, a little bit longer than i've seen it because i'm not on facebook but over the past two days i've become very aware of the fact that a lot of people are like tweeting TikToking, facebook sharing um the u.s map of wildfires
1: have you Mm -hmm. heard this yeah
0: and that they're like losing their shit because they're like how do the fires know to stop at canada and mexico like, these are obviously mm-hmm. government-planned staged fires. How do they know to stop? How does the fire know to stop? And, like, no one <laughs> who is saying this has considered, like, it's, it's not a map of all the wildfires in the world. It is the U.S. map of U.S. wildfires. <laughs> Reporting fires strictly in the U.S.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Why
0: doesn't that occur to anyone? <laughs>
1: Americans are dumb. But
0: why? <laughs> why are you like this?
1: <laughs> because we were discovered by a pure and <laughs> told what to do. So they came here and just made their own goddamn religion.
0: <laughs> well, I will say in an effort to not be too affiliated um, with the good old usa in in my entire being Uh, i ordered an ancestry dna kit
1: oh i haven't done it yet so they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna track you and
0: (laughs) i'm I'm fine with it listen if there's any government agency or any agency that interested in me Mm -hmm. go ahead what what are you going to do with my information right Take my money. What money? Like, if you want to give me some money, that's fine. Here's my routing number. Like, I don't care. I have a social security number that I have to use for practically everything. Like, there, there's no, like, I'm not off the grid. Like, who cares? That's mm-hmm. why on oh, my computer cookies, sure. Like, whatever. I don't care. (laughs) You know, I imagine some people have lives much more important and interesting than me who like might have information they don't want shared. You know, if they're like Mm. embezzling from the company that they're the CEO of or something, but that's not me. My mom did her ancestry kit, which um, I didn't know that she had done one. She told me she had done it after I told her I ordered one. And so she got the results recently. And, she didn't know that we were Sicilian, she says, but I did, so obviously she did. <laughs> um but she said there's also Spanish and Portuguese in our bloodline, which I, I didn't know. And I could have told you that. <laughs> I I mean I like assumed. And I also wouldn't be surprised That's so that's on her side, if on my dad's side, so my grandmother immigrated here from Russia, she actually met my grandfather in Japan when she was like running from her country uh, during the war. Mm-hmm. And he was a soldier. Right. So he's his lineage, I think is like German. Like, and he was a couple generations already here in the US. So I don't, I don't know exactly what we'll find but from her lineage I wouldn't be surprised if we had some sort of like Romanian Mm -hmm. bloodline so I'm curious to see that but like what my mom found on her side was not surprising to me except except for and I'm not surprised I knew it just in my core but she denied Mm -hmm. it our whole life Irish
1: (laughs) and
0: like if anybody knows anything about what it's like to be Italian in Boston or New York you're either yeah. Italian or you're Irish and it is not acceptable
1: for it to be the other.
0: Right. So Ugh. when I met Tyler and she was like, what's his last name? And I told her she was like, he's Irish. And I was like, right, but his mom's Italian. And she was like, mm. his mom's Italian and his dad was Irish. Are you kidding me? I was like, mom, you just wait. I know we're Irish. I just know it. And she's like, no, we're not. Because her, yeah. like, she grew up like super like Italian only. Mm and uh yeah so we're irish too
1: (laughs) see i'm i know all the way to my great-grandfather and grandmother on both sides like yeah that's awesome yeah so like great-grandfather and and grandmother migrated from england after the war Mm -hmm. they worked in new york city and then my grandfather also owned a restaurant in New York City um, and worked at my great-grandfather's place. And then on my mom's side, we are Native American. Uh-huh. <laughs> she, mm-hmm. Well, um, it's French-Canadian-Swedish for my great-grandmother. Uh-huh. And Native American for my great grandfather. Yeah, we're French Canadian
0: and First Nations, so like
1: Native Mm -hmm. American of Canada, right?
0: um, Is my grandmother's whole family, and then they moved down into New England. And my grandmother also, her husband, she bought her husband a restaurant, except it wasn't really a restaurant; it was a front. (laughs)
1: He
0: he was in the mob, so.
1: I was like, is there Italian? I didn't want to say, is there an Italian thing here? But you already did it.
0: Yes. When he, when he, no, uh, but it's the truth. Like, it's the truth. When he died, there was no money to be had from the restaurant because there was no money in the restaurant at all. And also, like, my mom told the story about, um, like, how his brother or his guy, like, his whatever, tried Mm -hmm. to send her a car for his funeral. He was like I'll send a car for you and she was like I'm not going and he goes that's your father you don't have a choice she didn't go but Mm -hmm. oh yeah totally a front whatever
1: Um, speaking of fronts for restaurants oh no (laughs) and (laughs) Italian oh boy um, the restaurant that my parents purchased for Nantucket's was an Italian restaurant. Uh And in the early days of Nantucket's, there was no construction. Everything was basically laid out the same, like where the office was. Uh And it's one story building, all this stuff. Well, apparently there used to be a lot of cocaine dealt out of this restaurant.
0: (gasps) Oh, fine.
1: mm -hmm. Um, I've heard stories of bags of cocaine found in the walls uh, when we remodeled in, like, 04.
0: (laughs) Uh, Okay. And
1: also, and also, a year and a half after they bought the restaurant, someone tried to come into the restaurant with an axe like they got on top of the roof and knew exactly where the office was and tried to axe into the, into the office and tried to break into the safe because they knew exactly where everything was
0: <laughs> um, I just I have, I have a lot of questions <laughs> <laughs> but I have one question <laughs> we're like 20 something episodes in how is this the first time I'm hearing about this?
1: Because it's I like to
0: they they <laughs> tried to axe into the restaurant through the roof through the roof <laughs> to get to the cocaine
1: to get to the cocaine which was no longer in the restaurant because it was new.
0: <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, amazing.
1: Yeah, it's 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 one of those things where I'm, I like I hear stuff about the restaurant. I'm just like. Oh my God. (laughs) And it always like Nantucket's is haunted. I know it's haunted. There's ghosts. I've seen the ghosts.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh.
1: And I'm, I'm always wondering like, were these a mob hit? (laughs)
0: Oh my gosh. (laughs) I never really think about like mob presence here.
1: What caused these ghosts to be here? (laughs)
0: Oh my gosh. Uh, Speaking of ghosts. (laughs) Oh no. We have a friend who is, he lives over the bridge in Baltimore County and he went to school here, went to Salisbury but he just recently um, he had been house hunting in Baltimore County for like months and just wasn't finding anything that he was really attached to and was Mm -hmm. really thinking about like coming back to the Eastern Shore and like buying a house and so Um, he had been, he's like Tyler's best friend. They'd been talking for like weeks and weeks and weeks about this. And finally he set up an appointment to go look at some houses like here. So we went with him and we looked at five houses, I believe.
1: How many were haunted?
0: Um, the first and the third. And the (laughs) first was like, just. (laughs) Okay, so there there are multiple ways to experience like some sort of supernatural whatever. And the first one, I walked in, I was like, it just doesn't feel quiet. Like this house that I live in now. I've said this before is like the quietest place spiritually I've ever been. Mm -hmm. Like even that's how my house is. There's history here. Like I just don't feel any like energy that's residual here.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's Um, there are things outside my house that are
0: right but like other
1: other otherworldly
0: right my house (laughs) and they try to get in quiet like just super quiet and this is the first place that i've ever lived that's been this quiet so like most places have some sort of feeling or energy or vibe or whatever so the first one we walked into i was like oh yeah there's definitely there's like some energy here like whatever and it was fine like harmless not dark scary like whatever The Mm -hmm. second house is the house he wound up. He actually put in an offer on it um, and the sellers approved it. And like, it was quiet. Like just, it was quiet, you know? And I was like, oh, that's great. The third house, no. We walked in and I was (laughs) like, Tyler walked in and like immediately walked out. Couldn't say why. Like wasn't
1: interested. (laughs) Just like walked out. Solid, (laughs) nope. Just
0: like stood on the porch with the real estate agent who also just stood on the porch. And so we walked through the house and I was immediately like, I was like, nope, nope, <laughs> nope. This is not a happy house. This is not a happy house at all. Like, I don't know why. I just, <laughs> this house
1: has been through some shit.
0: And um, David like went into the basement to like look at the basement. And he was like, did you want to like see the basement? I was like, no, I don't. And he was, it's not like gross. Like the other one that we looked, I was like, no, I just don't. No, thank <laughs> you. And then it had like, some really nice bones like the wood um, on the stairway was like beautiful there's stained glass in the windows but I just was like this is no this is like freaking I said have you ever Mm -hmm. seen that movie and he's like which one I was like pick one about a house all of
1: it all of
0: anyone (laughs) about a house that's really pissed off that's fine and I was like you know the one where like the cherubs come to life off the like wall that one (laughs) then we go upstairs into like what is the best part of the house it feels totally separate I think it was like an attic and they made it into like a loft and it was finished it had carpet and you go up the stairs like three stairs and then it turns and at the top of like that little landing was a X-Files poster it says I want to believe
1: and I was like
0: I promise you whoever lived here did not leave this room like no no and then we left we were there for like four minutes (laughs) not cool like just not
1: you're like no
0: (laughs) no thank you
1: well speaking on leaving places that you can't leave (laughs) you have to go Uh, to work i'm gonna go to work
0: (laughs) that sounds so fun
1: yep it's gonna be great i also have a good day
0: i get to draw flowers today so
1: yay it's a little different That's wonderful.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> I don't know what my life is, uh, and I don't know how long it's going to get to be this cool, but I'm going to take it. Perfect. I like drawing flowers for money.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's great.
0: <laughs> um, I think this officially is going to be our last episode of season two. I've been working okay. really hard to get that first episode put out, and I haven't yet because I really wanted to record with my sister's. And Mm -hmm. I think we're going to actually get a chance to do that today. So unless something changes, in which case I'm just going to have to rework the end of that episode and like put it out anyway, because I'm really excited to share it. And I think, yeah. So I'm excited about whatever we're going to do next.
1: Well, I can't wait. I know. We'll See what happens.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Have fun at work.
1: Thanks. You too.
0: Axes and ghosts and things.
1: And cocaine.
0: Oh my gosh. It's never a dull moment. Not a No, it's not. It's not. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'll talk to you soon.
1: All right. Sounds good. Bye. Bye.